0: So if you've got a Bible, would you turn to Psalm 51? And um, actually what we're going to do is I'm going to do the introduction to this and then I'll read the psalm with you. We're starting a new series today called reset. Um, Some of the inspiration for this is Bev and I were in a meeting with a bunch of senior pastors from around the UK and someone was a guest speaker there who'd spoken at a a meeting of churches from around the UK and he had what he was his best, best effort of saying I think this is something God's spoken to him about and there was a prophetic word about the word reset. It's a word that Bev had actually had and we were sharing with each other that God wanted us to reset this summer and the word simply was this. All of us, probably almost all of us, have got a smart and sometimes you might know that situation where things go wrong in it and the only way to get it to work again is to go into the settings and hit the factory reset where it wipes everything off and you have to start again and the word was this that one of the things that God's doing in Covid is trying to get our attention that most of the problems that we have in the world are because of our preferences and our choices that are causing conflicts and crashes in the operating system of our lives. And God wants to reset us. And you know what? There is a danger as we come out of COVID of trying to just hit restore. To go back to the familiar, I talked about God's favour last week, that God has a year of favour for us. So many of you, that resonated with you and have messaged me and, uh, and, and contacted me about that. And the danger, like God's people, who were so desperate for escape from where they were, and then before they knew it were just wanting to go back to the familiar back to egypt and there is a danger that you and i will miss out on the promised land of breakthrough the change in favor do you remember how you wanted life to be different before covid anyone here remember that and we and god will use this for the opportunity to bring us through the Red Sea and into that change. But there is a danger that we will miss it. And here is the biggest lie of the familiar. I've been thinking about it, and it's this one. And some of you have already been thinking it this morning when you're seeing all these things. I'll do that later. Have you ever lied to yourself about that? I'll get round to it later. By the way, I hope this is the only time in my life that I'll experience coming out of a pandemic. You can't get to do this later. You can't get to say, I'll get the next one. I'll get round to it later. And as I get to the end of COVID, if let's hope it is the end, we don't get to say, oh, I'll reset with God another time. I'll put off. And instead, what I'm going to do is go back to the familiar. Meals out, shopping, holidays, friends. And do you know what? I am going to absolutely feast on all those things this summer. Can't wait. I'm feasting on them and you need to too. But they are not an either or. It's not those and then I'll get back to what God has for me in his favour later. We need to put in the front and centre Jesus. So here's an example. For some of you, small groups have been an absolute lifeline. But I tell you what, it won't take much already to start to think, I've been in small groups so much, I think I'll just take a break for a term or all summer or till the end of the year and we fall back into the familiar of putting off the things that God has for us for the familiar. So how do we allow God to make this hard reset for us? If we want to some of us don't want God to reset us but if you do want God to reset and you want to say yes to the Lord I want to belong to you I want my life to change I want the changes before covid that I was longing for and I've heard so many of you saying I've just I'm already fighting to not go back to the way things were in so many ways and that's what this series is reset and we're going to be doing it by taking some of the most amazing psalms in the bible so if you turn up here on a Sunday we're going to be reading those psalms teaching from them and then our small groups as we go into the summer we'll be following those up with a chance to reflect and draw from how God reset his people with his power and his presence so today we're going to press this is how if you want to if you want to press the hard reset button with God with Jesus this is how you do it Psalm 51 let's read Psalm 51 Have mercy on me, O God. According to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict, justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me, yet you desired faithfulness. Even in the womb, you taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. One of the most famous psalms, beautiful psalm, about repentance. Um, by the way, this word reset is a very powerful word. It's a positive word and, a, and in the context for, for pain. If you break something, it has to be reset, isn't it? By the way, I used to play rugby a lot. I don't look like a badminton player, do I? I look a bit, you could probably guess, I used to play rugby a lot. Um, And in a scrum, one of the things you do is you set, reset. Come on, Uh, in in sports, people take what they've learned and they reset, and we can do that this year. What's God done with us that we can reset around? Where am I hurt and broken that needs resetting around? And that's why we're doing it. By the way um, all for today on the app we have a handout uh, week by week and you can fill in your notes there, make notes, we put the verses in and other stuff and you can collect them and know that they'll always be there and private to you and for you to link. And by the way I was thinking about the app and how beautiful, I mean those beautiful slides up there and how engaging it is. Why do we have an app? Well do you know what? We know that most people looking up things in our church are doing them on these. So it makes sense to have something on here to help them. Now, you can go to Facebook and our social media and all the other places and website, find all our stuff, but you've got to go to all those places and look it all up. And that would be kind of weird, wouldn't it, if you were shopping with ASOS, if suddenly everything from church popped up in the middle of ASOS. So one of the reasons we've got an app is for something that's the most important thing to you. If our church is, it's a dedicated space and place for you. You can see everything that's happening, sign up for everything, all in one place. And you know what, here's one of the other reasons we do it, and it's one I love the most. I can avoid doom scrolling or going through all the other stuff that's out there and just focus on the things that are most important to me. So, if you've got an app, again, plug for it, take a look. So, repentance. Three things for me to share with you this morning about repentance. Uh, and if you're filling them in on the handout on the, on the app, here we go. Repentance is the prerequisite to experience God. God non-negotiable for how God works Psalm 51 tells us that repentance is the reset button of the Christian life and the Bible is so clear and it tells us again and again and directly and the heroes of the faith I, I challenge you go through the Bible and look after story after story of everyone that God met that God will not meet us fully he meets us even though we don't want to turn to him but he will not meet us fully until we repent. Can you feel it still, the world on fire? Literally, isn't it? Our global connected world and media and news and outrage. I've been actually shocked, it's hard to be shocked anymore, isn't it, at the detritus about Prince Philip online fine if you're not a monarchist but the venom i left a facebook group that was called the friendly it was called the friendly narrowboat group um that's a whole other story but it was called friendly and the first thing in it says be kind and the venom and the vitriol and the nastiness that's just everywhere at the minute in our world can you feel it I think it's this, and scripture tells us this, it's the outrage that life is not what I want, when I want, how I want. How dare you take, was it MasterChef off TV for the news of Prince Philip dying? How dare you? We're so inconvenienced at that level. It's horrendous. And you and I, you might not think, well, I wouldn't do that, and I didn't complain to the BBC, but you and I are so guilty when it comes to our preferences. They're built into us. I won't do that. I will do that. I like things just like this. And you know what? We cannot do anything about anybody else. Have you realised that? My daughter's getting married. She's sitting in front of me. I probably shouldn't say this, but I will. I hope she's already realised she won't be able to change her fiancé. You can't ever change anyone, including the person that you love the most. People have got to want to change themselves. Best tried. (laughs) You can't. The only thing you and I can do, and that's what this psalm tells us, is we have to start with ourselves. No matter how, what's happened to you, done to you, you're struggling with, the place that we have to always start, no matter how bad our situation, is with ourselves before God. It is the only thing we can take responsibility for. And we see David here, who was the most powerful person in history in his time, and he addresses his sin and he repents of it personally and so publicly could you imagine any leading politician opening up their lives in this way and making this confession every hero in the bible says it again and again repent Do you remember john the baptist what was the first thing that john the baptist said that every single time people flocked down to see him he would say is anyone here with me this morning <laughs> what would he say Yes. We repent, repent, repent! The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Jesus said again and again, "Repent." Peter at Pentecost. Jesus has risen from the dead. Holy Spirit's poured out on the upper room. Tongues of fire. People speaking in tongues. Thousands of people. The Holy Spirit falls on them. They hear Peter speak about who Jesus is. And then they say, what shall we do? How do we respond? How do we reset? How do we reset around this? And what does Peter say? Repent. God, this lot in the room are terrible. (laughs) Need some of you lot here instead of them. He says, repent. Repentance. Now we need to unpack what repentance is. So, secondly, let's do that then. What is repentance? Remorse is not repentance. Repentance gets a bad rap. We think it's an old-fashioned word or it's used in media and movies and books about feeling bad about yourself and guilt and remorse and strange people that hate themselves. Remorse is not repentance. Remorse is feeling bad about what we've done and the mess that we've made. Sometimes we need to be remorseful. Other times, I bet you, you can think of someone who should be remorseful and who isn't. Anyone got any kids? But anyway, we won't go there. <laughs> remorse but that's not repentance and so many of us are going to wait a long time one of the reasons we don't practice repentance if I said to you when was the last time you repented and said repented before God you're going well I haven't felt that bad about anything really that's not repentance not repentance at all and we live in a world that is ready to tell you you don't shouldn't feel guilty about anything just be yourself be true to yourself it's one of the biggest lies in the world We should be true to something else. We'll get to that in a moment. Repentance is something very different than guilt, regret, remorse. And it's not what you did or didn't do. It's related to that. And it's not that you're bad. But repentance is this. Team, are you ready for it? You're thinking, what is it? You want to know what it is now, don't you? What is it, Jason? What is it, Jason? What is repentance? Repent. (laughs) What is it? see if you can follow this hold on to your seats and some of you are going to go huh hold on to your seats repentance is the recognition that we have rejected the idea that God is good and he has the best for me repentance is recognizing our rejection that God is good and he created me The sin under all our sins is this, the rejection of God's goodness. Repentance is about turning back and receiving God's goodness. That's why it's non-negotiable for God. Because without that, we can't receive his goodness. It's what repentance requires. And some of you are like, hang on, how does that work? I thought it was just saying sorry for bad things I did. No, the bad things are what you do because underneath that we've rejected how good God is. Let me give you some examples. How many times, if you were honest, would you say, God has spoken to you about something, or you read something? Like one of the people in scripture where Jesus says, come follow me and do this, and they go, no, not today. The reason we don't become a Christian, the reason some people don't become Christians in the first place, is often because they think, Jesus hasn't got the best for me, life will be boring, I'll have to give up all the amazing things I could have in life. There's a lie, isn't it? But I tell you what, as Christians, we continue to live that in part of our lives. Oh, I can't give that part of my life to Jesus because he really hasn't got the best for me. I've got to protect myself. I've got to provide for myself. I've got to get the best for myself. God, I want what's best for me. I don't trust that you do. Again, think about all the things we delay and put off and ignore. Think about this summer coming out of a pandemic. If God is good... Why would we say, I'll get around to you, God, in the autumn after I've done all this other stuff? Think about all those things we do. It's because you and I don't think He's good or has the best for us. Repentance acts at that level. Father, you are good. You are maker of heaven and earth and you know what is best for me. I don't know what's best for me. In fact, I give myself to so many things that are not the best for me. Forgive me. Reset me. God, you were good. You have the best. Make sense? Make sense? So, third thing. we're nearly done. And then I've got a little conclusion. Repentance is regeneration, not reprieve. Or see that do you see what I'm doing with all the R's here? It was all the F's last week, wasn't it? This week's all the Rs. My Bap- I was only a Baptist in a Baptist church for three years, but you can't take the you can take the boy out of the Baptist church, but not the Baptist out of the boy. Ask Brian Darren, and Pete Hardy that. Anyway, they're on our preaching team. Repentance is regeneration, not reprieve. David does not come to God and say, I'm really sorry, give me another chance. That's the one you see in the movies a lot, isn't it? Oh God, give me another chance. One more chance. And it also, David doesn't do a bargain. He doesn't say, God, I'm going to bargain with you. If no one finds out about this, if I can get beyond this, if you can help me get over this. Do you know what? If, we get, if you can get me through this, if you can make this happen, I will do this and this for you. I'll bargain with you. David doesn't bargain with God either. I tell you what, there's loads of stories popping into my head. I haven't got time for them. So many famous people in history made bargains with God. God, if you do this, I'll do this. And then they admit in their autobiographies that once the thing they wanted happened, they never did one more thing for God at all. It's not another chance. It's not bargaining. Here's what David goes for in the psalm. He goes to be fully surrendered to the heart of the issue, his own heart. Create in me, O Lord, a... Another chance? New opportunity? What does he say? The one thing, he goes straight for it. Create in me a clean heart. And in scripture, the heart is the primary place of my identity. Again and again, it's the core place of who I am. David realises not... Just what he's done has been wrong. Because it has been. We haven't even looked at the story of what he's done wrong. But he looks beyond that to why he did that. And he realises it was this. David was described as a man after God's own heart. It's one of the stunning things about David. is he loved God fully, amazingly. But at this point in his life he realised something had happened. And he had become someone who was capable of rejecting God's goodness and not trusting that God had the best for him. And that's why he sinned. And that's why he repents in that place in his heart. He asked for a new heart and a new nature. And you know what? So often you and I live with God around our circumstances. We don't go into our hearts. God, if I had a different job, a different house, different relationships, if this person wasn't annoying, if this wasn't happening to me, if my circumstances were different, I would be different. And David reveals the lie of all of that. And he says, God, there is no excuse. It's not my circumstances. It's my heart. Change my heart. Because if God changes our heart... He can then flood into our lives his best and his goodness. Do you see this? If we trust God with all our hearts, scripture says, what will God do? He will bless us. Jesus speaks to this. One of the most famous passages in the Bible. John 3, verses 3 to 7. I think it will be on the screen here with you. Let's just see what Jesus says about this. Jesus knew his Old Testament well. Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they're old? Nicodemus said. Surely they can't enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, spirit birth to spirit. But you shouldn't be surprised at my saying you must be Born again. Born again. Jesus knew with the people that he was feeding and caring for under Roman occupation who had the most awful circumstances. And Jesus says, start with your relationship before God. You are here as an individual. You are here as a people because you gave up the idea that God was good and had the best for you and instead ran after the familiar and everything else. You need to be born again your identity. Now, by the way, born again, it's got so bastardized, hasn't it, as a phrase, and so loaded up, it means, oh, people that just pray prayers to go to heaven when they die, or it's crazy TV prosperity people. But if we recover the word born again, as Jesus meant it, it is Christians who are saying, God, I repent and I want to believe your goodness to me and my heart needs to be changed. It's when our fundamental inner identity is surrendered to God, reset by him. And you know, And if you noticed in the psalm what David does, for his heart, David asks that God's spirit would come. He invites him. He repents. He turns to God, forgive me, create in me a new heart. And he invites the spirit that brooded over the waters of creation itself and the universe and says, spirit of God, come here, change me. That's Repentance. So, to sum all that up, to finish, have you wondered about the manifestation of lying that's present at the minute? I mean, just unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, it really is getting unbelievable. But, and we're getting to the point where, in our world, we're calling it, it's been called, we live in a post-truth world. And, and now it's coming down to, well, everybody lies, but as long as they're my liars. It is Staggering The, the, the audacity with the way lying is prevalent in politics and public life and personal life. And it's a manifestation. It shouldn't surprise us and it especially shouldn't surprise us under COVID. That God wanting us to reset would allow this to surface like a boil being squeezed to the surface. That was a horrible image, wasn't it? A manifestation of a world that has been living under the lie. That God is not good and we cannot trust him. If it's to be, it's up to me. Take what's mine. Take care of yourself because no one else will. It doesn't matter. Put it off till tomorrow. Nobody will notice. God doesn't care. He does. And that's the location that we see around us. The hard reset that's needed. That people need and we need. And only we can model it to others. That there is a life that God has for us. And David's immediate step after asking for a new heart and a new nature by the Spirit is. Have you noticed what David says? Truth. Truth, truth, truth. Truth in our innermost parts. Truth. Oh, Okay, I've got a couple of minutes here. Let me do this because it's popping into my head. How many of us have said before COVID, oh, I'm so busy, so busy, yeah? How many of us got sick and tired of being sick and tired? I've heard so many of you say to me, I am tired already at the things pulling at me, dragging me back to the busyness. I don't wanna go back there, don't wanna go back there. One of the reasons we get too busy is because we believe a lie, and the lie is I haven't got time with my heart before God for him to have the best for me so I'm just going to do this 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 and this because that's what everyone does until something changes you see how it sneaks up on us David says cleanse me forgive me change my heart spirit come upon me let truth reside within me Last little bit here. See if you can stay with me. I want to share this with you. David says, hide your face from my sin. Turn your face to me. What's going on there? Well, think of someone who has really, really hurt you. I'm sorry if you pull that well, Think of someone who's hurt you. You just don't like. Someone that actually you've managed to forgive. Now, if you haven't forgiven someone and you're struggling, that's a whole other issue. Go on Kintsugi and and find out that forgiveness um, is, is amazing. But sometimes it's still hard, isn't it, when someone's really hurt you. And I'll be honest, so let me be really honest. My mother, I find it hard still when I look at a video of my mother because she abused me and I forgave her. I really forgave her. But when I see her, I still see the things that happened to me. It's so hard, isn't it? To, to, for this. Uh, that's what David's saying. David's saying, God, Would you do something that I know I can't do? Would you do something other people can't do? When people, David has said, other people, David's repenting here, saying, God, other people are still going to look at me and they're going to see my sin, even if they forgive me. God, could you do something that human beings can't? When you look at me, turn your face from my sin. Lord, would you see me as if I'd never sinned? Isn't that staggering? And here's how that was possible. When Jesus was on the cross and he took all our sins upon him, the father, looking at the son, could no longer look at him and had to turn away for the first time in his existence. And Jesus cried out, God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus is the answer to David's prayer. Jesus is the answer to every prayer for repentance and forgiveness so that the father can look at you and i and not see our sin. It's why in Ephesians 3 a church that is struggling with circumstances way beyond what you and i are facing is able to pray. His prayer is not god fix their circumstances. Ah, <clears throat> I can't find my bible verses. Where are they? Where are they gone? Oh, here we are. For this reason i kneel before the father I pray out of his glorious riches, he will strengthen you, See it again, with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your circumstances. No, Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you'll be rooted and established in love and then you will have power with God's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of God, the love that surpasses all knowledge. That amazing passage that continues with God can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. And that's why Paul in Galatians 2 verse 20 could say, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ lives in here. He is my best. He is good. So are you ready to reset this summer with the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth? With anything and everything that you face, let's turn ourselves towards Him. Come back, worship team. pray and then let the we close our service we've got an opportunity now for worship together encourage you you might want to do something different stand up you might want to sit down put your hands out close your eyes and God by his spirit to touch us Holy Spirit come as we worship now Lord you are good you are good you are good amen